truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with us as well as the fourth member of our soon-to-come panel, known as the Dace Group. Our good friend D.C. McAllister is here with us as well. 888-933-93 is the number. That's 888-933-93. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. The last name is D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. We'll have the Dace Group Roundtable coming your way here in a moment. Don't forget, though, next hour, it's Feedback Friday. This is when we respond to the responses that you have sent to us. We've got a lot of different topics uh, that we'll be addressing, courtesy of uh, your feedback. That's coming up in hour two. But first, before we get to all of that, it's time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling right now with too much inflammation in the body that's causing chronic pain, Relief could be just one website click away. Now, if you've got an injury, illness, make sure to seek out professional medical care. But the good thing about Relief Factor is it was designed by medical professionals as well. Physicians who can prescribe drugs, but they also recognize that your body is more than a machine. It's a created living organism. And with the right input, you might have a better chance at the right output as well. Four key, all natural ingredients, 100% drug-free. That's what I love about Relief Factor the most. Yes, I get great results by using this product, but There's other products out there on the market that would give me good results as well. It's the way we get those results, the 100% drug-free part that I love the most. And if you think that it can't possibly be that good, they're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. They're going to offer this to you way below cost for three weeks. It's called the Quick Start. It works out to about a dollar a day, a little bit less actually, because it's $19.95 for three weeks. What do you have to lose? Except maybe finally and hopefully the pain for a dollar a day. Call their bluff because they're pretty confident you're going to see results and you're going to come back for more later. Get the three-week quick start right now at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. And now let's get to issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. Is it true that I am the fourth woman deserving of this award? I don't think so. Continuing pattern of behavior we've seen from this president should be a warning to the American people that it is a beginning of a dictatorship, which I have seen in Latin America. So the main issue that Democrats have taken up in running against President Trump on is health care. The policy right now they're proposing is Medicare for all, which is, you know, the idea of government funded health care for everyone. Um, Is that a concept you view favorably or unfavorably? Favorably, for sure. Is it true that so few writers of color deserve to be featured in this publication? No. I I do support Medicare for All. You work with NRA social media. What's the name of the case that you all are watching here today? I don't know the name of the case. I do. I do think that every American deserves health care. Do we know how long puppies are allowed to stay with their mothers after a dog has given birth? I don't. 
uh, eight weeks. I do support that. I think it's an important form of universal health care. National Rifle Association. And they are criminal organization, I don't hate to say it. I do support free health care for everybody. So the market has decided that women and people who give birth deserve less time with their children than a dog. The name of the case I don't know. Uh, actually, frankly speaking, uh, I did not read. I, I'm recruited here to represent my grandchildren. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. I wondered if you know the name of the case you're here No, no, no. And isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. In the Bernie Sanders proposal, it would be about $32 trillion over the next decade. Um, that would be uh, every American paying about one-fifth of their income towards funding it. Is that a concern? Yes. You have to pay for it? Yes, so taxes will go up. You still have to pay for it? I don't support that. So let's get to the first question, shall we? What was your favorite ride on the crazy train this week in D.C.? Since you're laughing over there, of course, that's a tell. I'm going to start with you. Go ahead. Well, the college students were hilarious. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I do think everyone deserves uh, health care. Oh, I have to pay for it? Oh, really, I do? Oh, oh well, maybe not so much. No, only if it's free. Because, you know, everything coming from the government is free. But if it's not, no. No. This is so typical of people these days. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it is. And to hear it said out loud, that's, that's the thing is, you know, I, I, all the years I've been doing this, folks, and the stuff I've been telling you, I mean, this is what they really mean. This is what they really think. And just to hear it all out loud now, even though, I mean, I knew this because if you did the mental math, this was the only conclusion to come to that of, of where you were coming from and, and what you were thinking um, or, or not thinking as the case may be, but just to, to, to hear it said just so brazenly Todd, it, it's still, it's quite striking. What was your favorite? Well, it's striking in other ways as well, because my favorite is Megan Rapino. how she is selected by the woke staff at sports illustrated. And then, she turns around, I'm going to quote a man I know named Steve Dace, drops a deuce, <laughs> and then rubs their nose in it with a smile on her face. And, and everybody's there wanting to, they're so trained, they want to train like clapping seals with great vigor, but they're like in the middle and they don't know what to do because they've got this big pile of crap in their face, but I'm supposed to be clapping. What am I supposed to do? Just fantastic. Bravo. Bravo! I'm actually on. I'm, I'm on Team Rapino on this one. Not not for because she cites anything that's remotely uh, realistic, um, and she's not even she's not the best player in the world. She's not even the best player on uh, the women's national team. She's not a she she's not a bad player, but this is so contrived, which is why everybody is getting everything they deserve on this. Well said, Aaron. Um, so this week, I think my favorite uh, part of the Democratic crazy train was, yes, I love, I love asking, uh, just hearing them answer questions. And that was a common theme through that. Do you know which, and this happened, I think, last week, the NRA goes out to uh, these, this group of protesters to ask them which case, the name of the case that they're protesting, and nobody can, nobody can name the case. 
that they're actually protesting. But they do know that the NRA is a terrorist uh, or a criminal organization, as that one dude said. But just asking questions and hearing their answers, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. If you just turn the question just a little bit, it it, it is, the I think the, the term clapping seals was brought up just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. That's definitely That's definitely what we see all of the time. And maybe... And to ask, actually answer your question, I, I, don't, I don't like ripping on Joe Biden, but the hubris of saying, I don't know what he was doing, talking about his son. Dude, I mean, can, could you think of something else to no, say it, other I, than that? Yeah, he was, I don't, I, I don't know what he was doing. That's I, like I the worst possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to push back on you a little bit there, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, because... Have you have you watched Joe Biden the last few months? Not know where he's at, not know the names of the people he's with. I think it's entirely possible he had no idea what his son was doing. Who's this hunter albeit, character you speak of? Yeah, yes, Jeez. albeit not probably in the context that you are that you yeah. pu- that you're pushing back against him on. Yeah. But I think it is entirely possible that he doesn't know what Hunter Biden was doing, or he doesn't know where Hunter Biden is right now. Or even what a Hunter Biden is. And that's only partially humorous. I absolutely believe he is mentally incompetent. And if he were vying for the chairmanship of a major corporation, you could go into court and you might not get the injunction, but you wouldn't be thrown out. You'd at least get a hearing in front of a judge with, uh, you know, uh, with, with, your, with your rival investor group on the claim that he's not competent to run this company. You'd at least get a hearing, at least with the amount of evidence that we have seen publicly. He is mentally incompetent. And, 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 and he's not alone. We, whether it's the, uh, it's, it's the baby boomers in, in Aaron's clip that don't know the gun case, they're just there to protest an NRA that is a shell of itself and has been through you know a, a civil war in the, in, in the year of 2019. So they're, but they're just there to, you know, they're, they're there to answer the bell. Pavlov rang and they're there to answer the bell, right? Because they heard NRA and they have to answer, right? Um, it, for people like that on the left, it's, it's like walking down the streets of Yemen and saying Zion. You're going to get a reaction. Similar thing, right? Um, and similarly, it's the college students that are Aaron's age that are completely unaware that uh, free healthcare is not free. We subsidized the brainwashing that's three generations there from baby boomers our generation uh todd dc the gen xers are in between and then aaron's we subsidized the brainwashing and conditioning of the last three generations to be that dumb we subsidized that through ironically education yeah and soon you'll be, you'll be forgiving all of their student loans for being uh, programmed and, and, and conditioned as well. Mark my words on that. But, but other than that, I think everything's going fine. Yeah, we're, it's all fine here. How are you? Indeed. Exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as limp and flaccid as Lindsey Graham's Tinder account, but 10 being as vigorous and robust as Lindsey Graham's Grinder account. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. I'm back up to uh, a 9 which is, again, pretty normative. 
Uh, I dropped last week, I think, because I had become jaded. But I think it's important to keep it up there and not be in denial that we aren't dealing with something truly nuts. DC? This week, I'm going to put it at a 7. Wow. It can get crazier. I've seen it crazier. I've heard that tone of voice in a woman before, and it usually... Usually, it, the the words that come out of her mouth with that tone are "Let's just be friends." She's she is unimpressed. She is unimpressed. Aaron, go well, ahead. Well, it's all I'm, relative to her own Twitter feed. Have you seen it this week? It is just nuts. Aaron, it is. Uh, I'm with I'm with DC. I'm at a six and a half or seven. Let's get to issue two. Person of the year. Princess Greta Thunberg captured Time Magazine's Person of the Year Award this week. Yep, that's the same Thunberg who traveled to the wrong continent, yes, continent, for a UN global warming summit. The same Thunberg of whom there exists a creepy mural in California. And the same Thunberg who gave this infamous speech to the United Nations in New York City. My message is that we'll be watching you. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? I'm going to call an audible. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure whether to spank her or hug her. Um, but we're, we're going to call an audible because something happened last night and I drove in this morning. I'm like, we have to address this. Okay. And, and plus we did an overtime where we kind of touched on her a little bit, although in a different context yesterday and go to blazetv.com slash dace and watch that from yesterday. All right. So you guys don't know what I'm audibling to, but it'll be a topic you guys are going to be very well versed on. Last night in the United Kingdom, they had a historic election result. The Labor Party suffered its worst loss in almost a century since 1924. They're at their, their lowest levels. The left in the UK is now since before the Great Depression, similar to how the left in this country, Democrats, when Donald Trump took over in 20, after the 2016 election, there were the fewest elected Democrats in America since before the Great Depression, 1928, so a very similar era. You're talking beyond the federal level, that's as well. Yes, right? that's yeah. why I, just Glob- to be globally, clear. globally no. yes. But in the UK case, it's just it's just mm-hmm. in Parliament. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, um, and this is a reaction to the uh, to, to Brexit. Now, I predicted on the night that Brexit occurred three years ago, it would never happen that the that the progressives on the right, because the Tories are not a conservative party, they're just more conservative than the communists. Okay. That sounds familiar. All this is going to sound very familiar, and that's why I think we need to talk about it. That they would not be able to come up with the votes to actually enact the plan. And Theresa May could not. Remember, they had a deal like three or four times, and it always fell through. And then the last time they had a deal, you actually had a a couple of members of Tories switch to the Labor Party so (laughs) there wouldn't be enough votes. have Have we seen this game plan ever before? Ever? No? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, we have. It's my career has been covering this kind of crap. Okay. And now you've got ring, everybody from Ringo Starr, all kinds of people are pro Brexit now. They just, it's the principle of you're not listening to the people, even if they even want to stay in the EU. So Boris Johnson decides he's going to make, he's the, he took over for Theresa May. 
he decides that um, the polling is is that this is going to be really close. And and seeing that the that the right in the UK could not keep its promise to the people, the left in the UK decided it was it was safe now to just go all to the wall mm-hmm. and just let it let let the freak flag fly. All right, and so they essentially nominated their own Bernie Sanders. That's who Jeremy Corbyn is, an anti-Semitic, God-hating Marxist. That's what he is. They essentially nominated their own version of Bear, of, of, of Bernie Sanders, and. Um, Boris Johnson decides at the end of this campaign, he's going to make the whole thing a referendum on Brexit. That's all of the messaging. That's every ad they ran. And suddenly an election that looked like it was going to be too close to call ends up a historic election for the Tories. Labor lost districts they hadn't lost since before the sexual revolution and the resetting of, of, of the culture back in the 60s last night. And... Now they overwhelmingly have the margins to push through and make it happen. Will it? No. You still don't believe it will? Nope. Tell me why, Aaron. Um, same reason that you gave beforehand. Um, I, if, if there's the, Listen, the United Kingdom is even further left monolithically, or I, I guess collectively is a better word, mm-hmm. than the United States mm-hmm. is. They still rejected socialism. That doesn't mean, though, that the alternative is going to be, well, we're now independent. We're now going to, uh, we're, we're going to cede to the wishes of the uh, UKIP party. Okay, what, what was the main, what was the central campaign promise um, of, uh, you know, of the last four years? Of Barack Obama collectively from the Republicans. Repeal, repeal Obamacare. Repeal The circumstances Obamacare. are the exact same. And then yep. repeal and replace Obamacare. And what do we have now? Now you have something worse than Obamacare. You have, yeah. all the, you have all the so, regs and all the subsidies with none yeah. of the mandates. So it's actually driven the cost even higher yeah. than if we just left it in place. Yeah. So that's why I'm just because the, 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 the nature, I'm going to hedge my bets. Okay. Even if it's a 51 to 49% chance, I'm going to hedge my bets on human nature and the nature of elitism in politics winning the day until, I, um, until I'm proven otherwise. And I want to say one more thing as well that's kind of related but not, not, not you know, directly related to this. Leftists, progressives, I, I've said this especially ever since Brexit. They use democracy, capital D, democracy as a fig leaf because they know they, uh, they control the, the chains of, of pop culture and culture in general. Right. So they use democracy as a fig leaf to get what they want. When you, I, I, I would like to make a prediction now. When you see democracy failing for them, their fig leaf is not even failing them anymore, you will see increasingly, increasingly brazen attempts to rest power from the people and i go i know that sounds like a bernie sanders phrase but you will see increasingly brazen attempts to do so and just cutting people out because that's the that's where they were going to go anywhere anyway even with the even with their elections and the fig leaf of democracy you are going to see that increasingly happen in the near future so let me play devil's advocate for a second to what he just said because i'm guessing you two do you both agree at this on some level with Aaron? i don't you don't okay although i don't I think it could go that way. I just, okay. I'm on the other side. Uh, DC, you were nodding your head. You kind of agree with him? Yeah, I'm going to be a bit jaded on this one, yes. Okay. Let me play devil's advocate here as the guy who, three seconds after the returns were finalized, the summer of 2016, jumped on Twitter to say, this is never going to happen. For all the reasons, the, the, for the last three years, it did not. Played itself out, okay? 
where I think, though, this is a little bit different is they, yes, the Republicans also made repealing Obamacare their, one of their central campaign themes. And yes, they did win majorities. These are overwhelming majorities. Right. These are they, they've got the kind of majorities right now that Republicans, when they tell us, well, they, we don't have 60 votes, they have more seats in parliaments than all of the other. Yes. Factions yes. Combined. This is a yeah. super majority yeah. that they have. If the, you know, to me, this is almost if they don't do this now, this is why I this is this is why the only time Mitch McConnell has ever picked a fight with Barack Obama was when, over the death of Antonin Scalia and that seat on the on the bench, because if they if they seat Merrick Garland. I mean, that's the last remaining fig leaf all of our people have to vote Republican at this point, other than they just whether they other than they just are loyal tribalists. The one last principled fig leaf we have is what? Judges. And so if Antonin Scalia dies and you allow Barack Obama to replace Antonin Scalia, you allow that to happen, you take you take the judge thing off the table, more our people in droves are like, that's a tap out for me. I'm out. Now you're rubbing my nose in it. They had to fight on that. That, that was, that's why it's the only time they fought Barack Obama they had. If they didn't, the whole scam was up. The whole GOP scam was up if they didn't do that. Similarly, they, th- this, this succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. I'm sure they'd love to do what Aaron is saying. But if they don't follow through with this now with the kind of majorities they have, I, I mean, I, I could see that party not winning another election in our freaking lifetimes if they don't follow through with it right now. So I'm inclined to think, at the very least, they're going to come out of this with some incredible sweetheart deal from the EU. Years and years and years of forbearance and debt forgiveness and, and favorable currency rates. That, that, I mean, and, 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 uh, the kind of deal you simply just couldn't say no to. Some major handout for manufacturing and industrial jobs. Something you could, at the very least, they're going to walk out of here, I got to think. With something like that, because if you're going to run on this and then have this level of historic response and, and you don't follow through, you're done. You are absolutely that's this is their Merrick Garland moment. That's my devil's advocate pitch, Todd. Yeah, that historic victory has two things going for it. That's that say to me that Brexit's going to pass. It's got both uh, the old and the new. Uh, the modern and the traditional. I don't know if any of you saw the Boris Johnson commercial where he did the Love Actually thing. That's what I'm talking about. Where all of their messaging, this they ran on. This was so, the only issue they ran on. So, was this? So that's the new. That's the that's the modern. So that's the, it, it's in the water table. You know, people that that clearly got people on that level. And listen, I've never been to England. I'm not an expert on British politics. I'm simply this is a human nature thing that's, to me. That's what we're analyzing here. Yes. So this that's the new. So you're getting all of those people who might not be conservatives, but they're just like, hey, this is kind of hip. This is kind of. And then on tradition, don't forget. Listen. And there's people who complain about the monarchy. This is still England with the Queen Elizabeth, one of the longest reigns in British history. And I, I think there's a lot of people who begrudgingly, they, they might be uh, voted Labour most of their life, but they're still monarchists. They're proud of the tradition of England, and they've seen how the rest of the continent has just drifted into craziness. And they're like, hey, no. You go do that, but we're England, all right? We do things proper over here with tea. So I just, I just think 
the human nature aspect of things speaks to this thing getting passed. Now, is it a Valhalla afterwards? I have no idea. We're just talking about whether it passes or not, and that's the direction I'm going. At the very least, DC, the, because of I agree with Todd. I'm, I, I believe in human nature. All right, and and I and I don't need to know the language, custom, culture. I know. I mean, that's what I'm a student of is human nature. At the very least, they have to offer the masses some alms. They cannot just f them in public after a vote like this. They can't. That party will not win another election the rest of our freaking lifetimes. And if the and the one person they all hate is Nigel Farage because he's the he's the interloper here. Okay, you want you want to know what it, what the, how fast the UK Independence Party can become a majority party. Screw the people after a vote like this. They, at the very least, they're going to give the people something out of this. They have to. What are your thoughts? I mean, I agree. I understand what you're saying. I mean, and they may end up giving them something. But I do know in these days, with the way politics goes, is politicians live in such a bubble. And, and they really aren't as in touch with the people as you would think they are. And they seem to vote more with their other minions that are around them than the people that they're serving. And so while I agree human nature, you, they want to be self-interested in the long term. Um, and they see maybe some of the movements that are going on w- among the people. Uh, they also know that people have a, a limited attention span and things change quickly. And there's a lot of hubris among politicians of thinking that they can tr- control the tides of public opinion and public demands. So it's really about the pride of the people who are making these decisions and making the votes rather than, you know, their loyalty to the, to the electorate. Agree with that. But you cannot cynically just pee on people and tell them it's raining like this. You just can't. You, you can't do that. History shows that. We have Bastilles that get stormed when you do things like this. We, 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 have, we, we have Notre Dame cathedrals that get replaced with, goddess, with, all, with altars to the goddess of the age of reason when you do things like this. We have Bunker Hills, Lexington, and Concords when you do things like this. You cannot cynically play to the people's passions and then not deliver this is where mobs come from. They're, they're going to give the people something. They have to. You may never, they may never fully leave it. I still have my doubts about that. But something, something monumental is coming the way of the British people. Because if they don't, there will, you can't rally the masses and then defecate them on them like that. Did you, you can't see, do that. Did you see the map, if you drill down even further, uh, the, of the, it's all white. It's yeah. broken down by counties, basically. The o- only place where labor gained, which is where I assume London is, it's yep. a, uh, nowhere else in that entire country did labor yes. even gain. And that's the other thing, too, is is if you're sitting there in District 1, do you really want all those other districts rallied together against that, you? That's a good analogy. All right. Um, let's get to the exit question. One year from now, is the United Kingdom still a full-fledged member of the European Union or hasn't even made a move to exit the European Union? Aaron. Uh, yes, it is still a full-fledged member. DC. Still a member. What do you think, Todd? But maybe with some movements talking about not being. Mm, no, it, it's not going to surprise me if I'm wrong, but no. Yeah, I um, I don't like my predictions being wrong, but I, I don't stay with something I think is wrong when I get new information either. This... Because of where their culture is at, as Aaron described, because of how much further down the rabbit trail, rabbit hole, than than we are, they are. 
and how how much weaker the church is there um how 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 uh, they're used to living under monarchies and things culturally as people for centuries that are just not part of the DNA and the water table here, this side of the pond. If, if, if those people are this incensed at this, um, in the end, I, I believe people act on their survival instinct. They're going to give at the, at, I'm gonna, so I'm going to say yes. Or no, I, I'm sorry. No, because or at the very least, the EU they're gonna the, the politicians will get together because if you understand the makings of the EU, the only there's there's two countries that were paying all of the debt for this arrangement. Germany was one, and the UK was the other, and that's why they had this Brexit vote. That's why they wanted out because a bunch of people are saying, why the hell are we paying for all of that debt in Greece? Why are we subsidizing Greece? Why are we doing that? Why, why are we subsidizing all these other countries? Why are we doing this? And if, 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 if Britain leaves, that thing's going to fall apart. Germany cannot subsidize this thing on its own. So at the very least, they're going to get a blank. They're going to get the kind of deal hmm. that the Cubs offered Andre Dawson. Remember, they offered him a blank check to come play for them. Yeah. They're going to get, at the very least, a, that kind of a deal out of this. I got to believe. And Aaron. no sooner was that vote over, they were all being, you go to Twitter, they're all being called a bunch of, a bunch of racists yep. you know for for over this is like that new york scene where i didn't know a single person right. who voted for richard nixon it's crazy aaron did you have something you wanted to add quickly uh no no i don't think so i okay. think we're good all right when we come back more of the day scoop roundtable including what does merriam webster's dictionary's choice for word of the year tell us about where we are as a people we'll get to that and more live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast stay tuned Back here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, DC McAllister are here for the Dace Group Part Due. Let's get to issue three. They. A brief history on a man named Noah Webster. Noah Webster was an American political writer, editor, prolific author, and lexicographer who lived through the Revolutionary War and well into post-war America. After supporting those war efforts, Webster found that Americans needed a better intellectual foundation. Part of his Herculean efforts in this area, among many other things like the blue-backed speller for youth, was something you may have heard of, Webster's Dictionary. Education was a passion, probably the passion of Webster. He said, quote, he is quoted as saying, every civil government is based upon some religion or philosophy of life. Education in a nation will propagate the religion of that nation. In America, the foundational religion was Christianity, and it was sown in the hearts of Americans through the home and private and public schools for centuries. Our liberty, growth, and prosperity was the result of a biblical philosophy of life. Our continued freedom and success is dependent on our educating the youth of America in the principles of of Christianity, end quote. Fast forward to this week, the online version of the dictionary that bears his name, the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary, released their 2019 Word of the Year. That word, 
they. And before you ask, yes, they meet it in the transgender or non-binary way. Quote, non-binary they was also prominent in the news in 2019. Congresswoman Premier Jay Paul of Washington revealed in April during a House Judiciary Committee hearing on the Equality Act that her child is gender non-conforming and uses they. Singer Sam Smith announced in September that they now prefer they and them as their third-person personal pronouns. End quote. Several years ago, I wrote a column for Town Hall that was the most read column I ever wrote when I was writing for them. I think mainly because Rush Limbaugh picked it up and read it on his show. Well, that'll help. And um, it was based off of Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And you can go online. And in fact, I was just doing this uh, while listening to Aaron's uh, open there. You can go online and uh, find the Webster's 1828 Dictionary in a, in a database and type in words and find out what Webster's, what the exact wording was in Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And the reason why that one is important is because I think it's like the first time that he had put this all together formally into one publication before his death, okay? So I typed in the word truth. You guys ready for this? Probably not. This is, this is what the Webster's 1828 First Edition Dictionary, written by Noah Webster himself, This is what it says about truth. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Noun. Conformity to fact or reality. Exact accordance with that which is or has been or shall be. The truth of history constitutes its whole value. We rely on the truth of the scriptural prophecies. My mouth shall speak truth. Proverbs 8, 7. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. The true state of things or things. The duty of a court of justice is to discover the truth. Witnesses are sworn to declare the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Conformity of words to thoughts, which is called moral truth. Shall truth fail to keep her word? Veracity, purity from falsehood, practice of speaking truth, habitual disposition to speak truth. As when we say, a man is a man of truth. Correct opinion. Fidelity, constancy, the thoughts of past pleasure and truth, honesty, virtue. It must appear that malice bears down truth, exactness or conformity to rule, plows to go true, depend much on the truth of the iron work. Real fact of just principle, real state of things. There are innumerable truths with which we are not acquainted. Sincerity, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth of God is his veracity and faithfulness, or his revealed will. I have walked in thy truth, Psalm 26.3. Jesus Christ is called the truth, John 14. It is sometimes used by way of concession. She said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs, Matthew 15.27. That is, it is a truth, what you have said, I admit to be true. In truth, in reality, in fact, of a truth, in reality, certainly. To do truth is to practice what God commands. John 3. That is the first edition. Webster's 1828 Dictionary, written by Noah Webster himself, that was in every single public school and university in America. Let's get to the first question. Fill in the blank. The pronoun they, being named the Webster's Dictionary Word of the Year, means what? Means blank. And I'll let you start this time, Todd. Uh, absolutely nothing. 
my father-in-law, uh, when uh, I first met him, and we were kind of figuring each other out, and he sent uh, he saved a Forbes magazine for me, and it said the top t- ten ways the world will end, and the tenth, and it's just the context now compared to then, when I was in my mid to late twenties. I mean, unbelievable. The the ten- most of them were you know biologic nuclear thing. The tenth was mass insanity. That's what this is. Words that mean absolutely nothing. And when you put that in the context of what Steve just did, uh, said, along with Aaron, the quote that he provided, I mean, it's weird. That doesn't sound very separation or, uh, of church and statey or porn is the price of freedom now, does it? Yet here here we are. Uh, argue, it, it's, so it's, it's too cute to just joke about words like they. Within the conservative world, we were arguing about whether porn being around is the price of freedom. People keep talking about it. People writing columns about it. The best in our industry, the smartest, as if this never happened, what Steve just read. That's how far we've come. We keep talking about this, and it's simultaneously very important that we're talking about it, and also deeply tragic, because look how far we have fallen this dictionary that Noah Webster put all that work into is is basically to this culture currently pig Latin. We could not be further from that day and that age. I'm I'm typing in words while you're talking. Homosexual, not in the Webster's 1828 dictionary. Homosexuality, not in the Webster's 1828 dictionary. I typed in abortion. Here's what it says. Um the fetus brought forth before it is perfectly formed. That's, that's its definition uh, of, of abortion. This is another world. Yes. That this, is, this, is, this is an alternative plane of existence. Yes. What this is. Aaron. Yeah. This is, this is kind, of, kind of related to what we discussed briefly during the break. It, it's, you know, what this means to me is just how flaccid people who adhere to some form of truth, adhere to some form of transcendent reality, uh, just how flaccid it is that leftism in this country, the new Marxism in this country, is as powerful and successful in shaming as it possibly is. Because the, the question that I brought up during the break, you know, during the old Marxist revolutions and, and reigns, you know, they... People could go home from bowing down to the Stalin or the Fuhrer or whatever and go home to their straight family. There was still some notion of reality, even in this crazy and messed up ideology that had gripped the people uh, for the most part. It's a lot easier to bow down, I would think, to, uh, well, of course, because they've got the guns, but to bow down before Fuhrer or Stalin than it is to uh, now bow down before this drag queen, if you get what I'm saying. And, and, yet, and yet, we still do that. We're, you know, under the threat of being canceled, essentially, in this country, even though we're the ones with the actual, even though we're the ones with the actual guns, they get to redefine reality with absolutely no consequence whatsoever because everyone has gone flaccid. That, that's what that means to me. They, they have gotten to redefine reality at, 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 you know, completely without challenging, all, for the most part, 
uh, with a lot of uh, a great deal of success. And so we're going to find out whether the new progressivism is possible. It can actually go full 1984 and just completely redefine things. I don't think that they I don't think that it's pot. I don't and we talked about that during the break. I don't think it's possible, but we're going to find out. Lesbian, not in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Bisexual, not in the 18th. Gay, just, you know, happy, happy. and jovial is what it says. Uh, so I'm, I'm sodomy. It, it, this is one of the shortest definitions in the entire 1828 Webster's Dictionary. It just simply says a crime against nature. That's all that it says. All right. So out of, just for fun, I'm going to type in education. And let's see what it says. Here it is. The bringing up. As of a child, instruction, formation of manners, education comprehends all that series of instruction and discipline, which is intended to enlighten the understanding, correct the temper, and form the manners and habits of youth and fit for them for usefulness in their future stations. To give children a good education in manners, arts, and science is important. To give them a religious education is indispensable, and an immense responsibility rests on parents and guardians who neglect these duties. First edition, Webster's 1828 Dictionary Definition of Education. DC, your response. What do you think? They being used in this perverted way means the tyranny of subjectivism. And that's where we are right now. Uh, when you reject God, when you reject absolute values, absolute reality, objective reality, then we each become our own islands of truth. And those must be heard in this now democratic, as we were referring to earlier, society in which everyone has a right and liberty to their own truth. And what that means really, though, is that you must bow to the subjective truth mm-hmm. of those who are the loudest those who have the most power, those who have status, and they may not even be the majority, and most often they are not. It's usually the minority that dictates the tides of culture, and that for the good and the bad. And this is what's happening. This is what has happened in our society. Some of us have been warning about this in this slouching toward Gomorrah for a long time, but we're now here, and the tide of turning it, I think, is going to take a cataclysmic event of some sort or another to shake people up to reality. You know, when you're going through therapy and you're crazy or you're insane or you're dealing with some kind of mental issue, one of the first things that they do to tell you to do, pinch yourself. Pinch yourself, take a cold shower or something and feel the most that you can feel that's real, your body. You've got to get into, into a touchstone of something real because your mind is adrift. Your mind is insane. Your mind is in chaos. And so a way to bring people back to at least one touchstone is to find one solid objective reality to cling to. And so a lot of times that's what they say, you know, pinch yourself, make yourself real. We have even denied this. We have no touchstone. We have no solid ground. We have no mountain in the sea in which to cling to. And so we're all going to be adrift. And if you don't comply with whatever the strongest group is, then you are canceled. You are maligned. You are stigmatized and delegitimized. And we're afraid to associate with those who've been canceled because we don't want to be canceled ourselves. And so we empower the subjective. I'm reminded, that's well said, and I'm reminded of earlier this year when Twitter changed its terms of service to uh, uh, cause for banning misgendering or referring to people who have transitioned by their, their former identities. And I responded to this by tweeting several links to clips that are on YouTube of the, of the live broadcast of Bruce Jenner 
winning the 1976 decathlon in the in the 1976 Olympics. Clips of Bruce Jenner on Wheaties, you know, commercials. You know, and just to simply ask, so so this stuff never happened. It never occurred. We're we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna pretend like this person never existed. This is insanity. It is a psychosis. It's insane. Let's get to the exit question. Which of the following words is most likely to be the 2020 word of the year? A, doomed. B, damned. C, self-awareness. I'm just going to interject right now. That one has no shot. Or D, psychosis. Aaron. Psychosis. Todd. Psychosis. (laughs) That's optimistic. I think it's pretty obvious. Psychosis, DC? Yes, and we're damned because of it. (laughs) Yes. Well said. You know what? We need some good news after this, okay? And that's why issue four, bring on the Rankin Bass. Before you enjoy your next binge of Rankin Bass Christmas specials, it's time to take some time with the help of the Huffington Post to point out all the problematic elements of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. First of all, Rudolph's dad verbally abuses him. All right, son, try it on. I don't wanna. Daddy, I don't like it. You'll like it and wear it. Oh, but Daddy, it's not very comfortable. There are more important things than comfort. Self-respect. Santa Claus berates Donner for his son's nose. Donner, (laughs) you should be ashamed of yourself. The school coach encourages bullying. From now on, gang, we won't let Rudolph join in any reindeer games, right? Donner forbids his wife from joining the search for their son in an act of misogyny. No, this is man's work. And the moral of the story is deviation from the norm will be punished unless it is exploitable. So we got our social justice warrior virtue signaling on there. I, I, I thought we might have some good news, but apparently not. I'm sorry. So what is your favorite Rankin-Bass Christmas special when you were growing up and why, Todd? Well, it's Rudolph, and because of that first part, I don't even watch to the end. I just like that part right there. I, <laughs> purely, I'm here for the braiding. It's a war- yeah, it's a warm fuzzy. It's like, girls, come on, sit around the hearth. We're going to see about what a man's world looks like. I love it. What about you, DC? Oh, the little drummer boy. Uh, that was my favorite. I'm going to be feminine here. It was just so touching. And when he takes the little lamb before baby Jesus and, uh, and only Jesus and Jesus heals him, which is a good reminder to our society. If we really want healing, it's really going to come through Christ. And we need to remember that. Amen. Aaron. Um, it definitely is uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but I, but um, I also loved... Even though this was this was they did this was Rankin Bass, but it was animation. There twas the night before Christmas, where the guy builds the clock, and uh, to and and I, I just I love that cartoon. Uh, I think Joel Gray, the Broadway star, mm. I want to say is the is the yeah, yeah. the voice of that one. I love that one. Okay, and um and I love Nestor, the long eared Christmas donkey. I love that one as well. Let's get to predictions. Aaron, I'll start with you. Amy Coney Barrett is going to be the de facto issue of the 2020 election. Oh, assuming that because of the next opening. Gotcha. Todd? Uh, The rise of Skywalker. Uh, There's another another trailer. It's very Emperor heavy. 
I'm just it's they're relying on it so much. We know nothing else other than that. I, I don't think they can possibly clean up the mess that they made for themselves. I think it's going to be. Is that is this, I, I, you understand? This is predictions, not analysis. It's just, it's going to be bad. That's your prediction. It will be bad. Thank you. Wow. DC, go ahead. This is for the gamers, for you out there. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Zelda, the Breath of the Wild 2, uh, is not going to be released in 2020. So I know you're looking forward to that, but it's not going to happen. I didn't see that coming from DC. I did not, yeah, that was way out of left field. Wow. Um, I'm going to Star Wars as well. John Boyega's recent admission, he had several admission, uh, several reservation, reservations about Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi as they were making the film. They've even just, the ca- he said cast members, we discussed this stuff on set. Uh, you had J.J. Abrams come out and say that he thought it was a mistake to tell people this doesn't matter. Um, I think this reconfirms a prediction I made about a year ago, which is this film is going to be a, a massive retcon of The Last Jedi. The one that's coming out. It's going to be a massive retcon of that film. Um, and I think in the end, even though I love The Last Jedi, I think it's a great film. One scene that was useless to that, you know, casino planet. Okay. Uh, notwithstanding. But I think in, in the end, this is going to replace the Phantom Menace and Jar Jar Binks as the forever redheaded stepchild of the Star Wars universe when they're all said and done. DC, always good to see you. Have a Merry Christmas. Okay. Take care. You too. Thanks. We'll come back with some feedback Friday. It's your turn to put us uh, on uh, on display and ask us the questions. We'll let you do that here when we come back. Stay tuned. Hour two of the Steve Day Show is underway. I'm not Steve Day's. Steve lost his earpiece and is currently looking for it. We'll get back to more of that in just a moment. As always, though, if you would be so kind to like us, uh, follow us, if you can, on Facebook. Who doesn't like us very much? Facebook.com slash Steve Dace. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me, since Steve never gives out my Twitter handle. Not that I expect him to. At Dace Producer. You can follow him, you know, the guy who actually runs the show. I actually have a backup earpiece for you right here, Steve. Uh, at Steve Dace Show. So I think we've. We, you're just going to go without it. There's yeah, nothing, just, nothing really you need to hear anyway. That's true. It's just going to yeah. be us talking to each other. So I'll just uh, I'll go without it here the rest of the show. My bad, man. I just went back there to plug it back in, yeah, and the thing right. just shattered on me a minute ago. Plus, my this VCR at home just keeps blinking 12 o'clock at me, too. Anybody know what to do about that? Yeah, or? I don't yeah. know. All right. uh, let's get to Feedback Friday brought to you by uh, our good friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you want to get involved in the real estate market and take advantage of plunging mortgage rates and a, a vibrant economy and a competitive real estate market, it's a good time to do so. Just make sure, though, you go in with a good agent, one that you can trust, one whose track record of success has been fully vetted and proven. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listed here. Uh, secondly, one who understands the marketing of the market that you're going into, either to buy and or sell. And then thirdly, uh, the, this agent's got to know what, uh, what professional courtesy means. The relationship aspect between you and your agent is vital. Like, you know, I saw uh, our last real estate agent that I haven't used in 13 years. I saw Scott Remsburg at the, at the grocery store like four months ago. We haven't done business together for years. Still walked up, got caught up, hung out for a minute. 
if if chances are if you can't foresee yourself doing that with your agent in your neighborhood years down the line chances are you got the wrong agent all right so if you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust go to this website realestateagentsitrust.com again that's realestateagentsitrust.com all right let's get to feedback friday this is where you respond to us and then we respond to your responses. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And this is from Ferris. You guys ready to go? Sure. Yeah. Ferris says, not only would have been better, he's responding to me pointing out how stupid the Trump commercial was yesterday, making himself the, the mass murdering bad guy when he could have actually made himself Tony Stark, who does the same snap, but he's a billionaire who saves existence. Isn't that such an obvious? If your name is Donald Trump, do you, I mean, why wouldn't you just go with that play, right? We, we discussed that, I think it was we yesterday, did. right? Ferris writes, not only would it, would it have been better to have Trump's face on Stony, Tony Stark's armor at that moment, he snaps his fingers to save the universe, but he could have even uttered the ultimate line while doing it. I am orange man. <laughs> How good is that? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. I'd have been all in on that. Dude, if he'd have done that, I might have applied for an absentee ballot right after the show. 24 hours after, I'm like, no way I'm voting for this guy. That's put, what it's like put, around here. Put Nadler's face on Thanos. I am inevitable. Yes. And yes. I. Do you notice he's never once done any of the things... That you have said, if he would have done that, I would have. I'm pretty sure. This has been going on for a while, Yeah, he's, actually. He, this is intentional. He's just doing this to troll you. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was a few things I suggested back in the primary, and he didn't, he didn't do any of those things either. So, But um, hey, he's over at 16 Pennsylvania Avenue, and he's worth about 5 or $6, 7000000000 billion, and I'm here. And I'm in Trying West Des Moines, Iowa, where the internet doesn't yeah. work, and I can't find my earpiece. So, uh, you know, on second thought, maybe my suggestions, guys. Let me just let me let me let me ponder this for a second. We're always telling people to be more self-aware, right? Maybe my suggestions just aren't very good. Nah, that's not it. Let's get to the next one. Micah says, summing up a lot of the reaction I got to the uh, recent episode we did with Christopher Hale. Uh, who is a Democrat and a Christian. He said, really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you can get him back on to some future shows, maybe even some different perspectives on policy disputes, but um, from, a, from the perspective of where a Christian worldview is coming from, of course. These conversations are why I've been listening since I heard you first slinging uh, one of your books on Beck's show several years ago. I'm here for the steak and not the Cheez-Its. I do think it would be interesting if, and maybe we should even consider this next year, if he's game, is if, what if we did, and and we're going to have like a show meeting live on the air, why not? What are you guys' thoughts if we did a series with him of of like conversations where we did um, a series for like Theology Thursday? And we pick a series of issues, life, immigration, um, sexual ethics, religious freedom, health care, 
I don't know. And, and, and the conversations, if he was willing to be here for an hour, and the conversations were just about those issues from a Christian worldview perspective. What do you think? Oh, I'm definitely game. I'm absolutely game. Yeah, I'm done game. with that. And I think most people would be as well. Um, I'll be interested. I, I think he'd be game at the start. I'm not sure. I mean, at some level of relationship building, I think, you know, the more comfort you get with one another, I I don't know how long we would be able to maintain the same tone that was established the first time. Um, it was, you, 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 gave, you give a lot of grace that first time around. I just, I don't, I think it might get, and we're doing this, I'm thinking out loud, but I think it might get, more stupid than you're willing to bear on a regular basis fast. Why, why do you say that? Why? Well, I there was already a lot of misappl- misapplication there. This is when we talked afterwards. It's like, he's clearly, I think, an earnest lover of Jesus Christ and a Jesus Christ who is not just some earthly guru. I think that's true. Yep. But his, his, but his applied theology is just so broken. And that's why, if you'll remember, I said, that's what makes it actually worse. He's without excuse. Uh, And I don't know how long we can go with that with, in a way that's, oh, hell no. Um, you know, I think you, it just you, might be again and again, no matter what the issue is, we're going to keep coming back to just kind of the same crux. Are you doubting? First of all, that's assuming he'd be willing. We're yeah, a, yeah, yeah. That's a separate conversation. Yes. Are you doubting my patience level or the audience's? I'm doubting or both of them. No, I'm doubting yours. Okay. And not for bad reasons. I for for all the right reasons. I don't at some point you're going to hear you mentioned three issues there off the top I, yeah. I I don't think the unique I don't think we're going to have a particularly unique conversation each time. I just think we're going to be running in to the same kind of thorn in the side which, which that, is he, you think it's going to be the same conversation in every episode. More or less. It's just with a different issue yeah. jargon. Because in the end, it comes down to um, the brick wall is I have to conform my thoughts on this issue from a Christian worldview into my political paradigm rather than my thoughts on this issue from a Christian worldview are what form my political paradigm. Is that what I hear you saying? Exactly. What if you treat each each part of the series as like a one-year contract for a coach where it's like, yeah, we can renegotiate this at the end of it. Decide if we want to go again. Instead of doing four or five of these, committing to four or five of these for what Todd says. Yeah. Um, so you, we ask him and then say, but if you bore us after a couple, we're going to kick you to the curb? We just, is that what I hear you saying? Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, he's got to say as well. Yeah. yeah. There's very, that, 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 I mean, that says love your neighbors, you love yourself. I said he's got to say as well. I mean, okay. Hey, do you want to do this again? And if he says yes, then I guess if we say no, then then that, that would be kind of mean. My 
I, my answer isn't a reason not to try it, but Aaron and I were it, it, actually talking about something that you may or may not have seen. Because a lot of the people that have responded have asked for something like that. They, they, I, they would love to hear that sort of a back and forth. I think it's worth trying, but we saw something today on Twitter that you probably have seen, me now have seen, I won't bring up the specifics, but this person basically just flat out said, I know you're going to come back at me on this particular issue with this chapter of the Bible, and this, he mentioned like four or five of them, but look at this podcast. I mean, it's, you, people like the three of us talking, even though I'm Catholic and you guys uh, aren't, but we, we really make the main thing the main thing, and we, we will not take cheap out, so we will challenge right. each other. Right. And this guy's saying, I know you're going to do this and this and this, but basically, I don't care because I want what we want. I just think we're going to be doing that over and over again. My experience is you're right. Because I have had these kinds of conversations. Um, and, and so I'm, I would go into this, frankly, assuming that that's what's going to happen. Um, and But he surprised us before. Yes. Well, he didn't surprise me about his political takes once we turned, went to that. No, right, that, right. That right. part did not surprise Correct. me. Okay, and I did let several things go because they would have taken longer conversations, and I was impressed with his um, his deference to orthodoxy on a theological level. But you could see in the second part of the conversation once we started applying issues. I mean, like when we went to immigration. I, I mean, I, you guys have heard me do longer form conversations than that. But it, I mean, I I I, could, I deconstructed the fallacy in about two and a half minutes, and. There wasn't any pushback there, because there isn't any. And it's not because I'm smarter than Christopher Hale. It's because I read the I read the instruction manual, and I believe it's my job to abide by it rather than to edit it or rewrite it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm not smarter than him. I, I, that, that's not that's not why he could not win the argument if he went down that road. It's because. I'm aligning myself with the with the undefeated tool of the universe. Right. And that's okay? that's that's the difference. And that's my point about why it's worse that he comes to the conclusions he did. And we have conversations all the time with pagans and we we argue passionately, but this is something I know I train myself to do, uh, to be much more patient with them because mm-hmm. they 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 shouldn't know better. Right. This guy actually believes that the son of God came down in the flesh to save us from our sins and today, He believes he, people are suffering and being tormented for their sins in hell yeah, as we speak yes. he said that. And yeah. he, and he thinks a modern day Christian is basically supposed to look like Greta Thunberg or something like that. I mean that's tragic. It is. I still think a lot of that is he's. It's a struggle to walk away from the political paradigm mm-hmm. that he knows. And I am empathetic to that. I have. I've been in those shoes, and that started for me at about the age he is at right now. What is he? Thirty, thirty-one. So I was a little bit older, but in that, in that, in that demo for sure. And I, you know, I, I, I totally understand that, and I'm empathetic to it, and. I get ridiculous arguments from the right, from people claiming to be Christians yes. all the time. Yes, I mean, there, there's, I, I can't go into my Facebook newsfeed without at least three things in there. You know how many people I've had to unsubscribe, unfollow, and I still get signed up for these lists because if if you want me to not join your group on Facebook and to never see your post, ever, one surefire way to do it is if I log on to Facebook and I decide to check my newsfeed, which I don't do very often anymore, but if I decide to and, and I see any Cheeto Jesus saves, 
That's a tap out for me. I don't even read. You don't like that, that painting of Jesus Christ, you know, basically uh, hugging Donald Trump as he's signing a bill? No, I love that painting when it's used in the proper uh, uh, parody context, okay? But if you take that stuff seriously, I can promise you uh, the first thing I do is click on unsubscribe, unfollow right away. I, I, there's plenty of that stuff, though, on the right. Yes, too. yes, yes. There, there's, there's, there's plenty. Um, and and how, do I, how do I make my political tribe look good? See, I think, I think we would have more of that than even the fallacies. The, the idea that I have to, that I, I, I want, I'm conforming to the thoughts and patterns of this world. But he, which, which is true of, of if you claim to be a leftist and a Christian, you're doing that, period. But he did it in a way I, I don't hear very often. That's why I started with the theological questions, because when I've done this before, I started with the political stuff, and I'm like, where are you coming from? And then I went to the theological stuff, and I recognized, oh, yeah, you don't know the Lord. You don't believe in the Bible. So, you know, I, I did the math backwards. With him, I decided, let me, try the, let me try to do the math frontwards this time. And so that's why I started with the theological convictions, because I was fully intent on, if he didn't get those questions right, I was going to say, Chris, thank you for your time. There's really nothing else for us to discuss. You and I belong to different religions. We have different worldviews. Right. And, and so God bless you and have a nice life. There's really no point in me debating immigration with you because you and I don't even agree on what a Christian is. But we, we did, you know, we, we would have differences if we explored those. The, that would go beyond Catholic and Protestant. He, he did say some things that I thought were a little alarming, but nothing that I thought right away made me think, you know, or heretic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so that's what I was fascinated by is this is the first time I've had a conversation with somebody like this who actually ascribed to and voluntarily to forms of theological orthodoxy. And, and I think in the end, it comes down to how do I fit this into my partisan political template? Yeah. And that's, there's a good portion of our own audience that yes. wants to do that from the other side. All right. And, and, and those are the audiences that are served that, that cable news exists to serve those audiences because they are legion. And I, I use that term on purpose. Tristan Mueller, uh, who also had some nice things to say as a longtime listener to our show, going back to my WHO day. So thank you, Tristan. He says, could you give some perspective on the wins that are happening for the pro-life movement and what you think of the strategy of out-competing the pro-death movement with pro-life messages at the local level? I've heard you speak many times about how disappointed you are with the national pro-life organizations, but not much about what is happening on the ground across the country and local communities. Could you give us an update on what you're seeing happen in the pro-life movement, both the good and the bad? Well, I think the pro-life movement, Tristan, and I should make this distinction more often. So that's a mistake on my part. I think the pro-life movement has actually been resoundingly successful with, with no cultural institutions defending its default position whatsoever. It has won a lot of these arguments at the ground zero level. And that's why, Aaron, you had the stat yesterday in the montage about how even independent abortion providers are closing Correct. down by in, in, in droves. You know, uh, let alone what's happened, how many Planned Parenthood clinics have closed down. We have, we have states in this country, I think Mississippi doesn't have an abortion clinic. I think maybe Missouri might have one or two. Uh, we've had several close here in our home state of Iowa. All right. So you, that's winning at the supply and demand level. The abortion rate has declined. 
Um, I want to say we had something like 600,000 abortions in 2017, which is the last year, the most recent year of, um, of data. And when, you know, when I started in this business or when I was, when I was, when I was first coming around to the pro-life point of view, uh, in my early twenties, those numbers were well over a million a year. So we are winning this at the supply and demand level, meaning that when we engage them in the marketplace of ideas, we're gaining ground there. And I, and I want to separate that too, because even an organization whose political lobby I've been very critical of and don't take any of it back, when it focuses on just the hearts and minds aspect of things, National Right to Life does yeoman's work on this topic. So I, I, want to, I want to make sure in the future when I bring this up that I'm more, I've done it in the past, just not consistently. I want to be more intentional of drawing a, a very stark line between the pro-life movement and the pro-life political lobby. Sometimes they intersect, but often that's not necessarily the case. Um, the the pro-life political lobby has been a colossal failure. Unless you judge success by how many how often the Republican Party wins an election. Because that's really what it is. It's a, it's a front for, for Team GOP. Now, everybody that's involved in it won't, isn't that. But the people that really call the shots at the National Right to Life Committee, which is, their, which is their political arm in places like that, that's what they're there for. Now, what we have seen in the last couple of years, this started in my home state of Iowa. Uh, it's continued in uh, places like Georgia and Alabama, and others is you're in Tennessee. We, we had a member of uh, the Tennessee legislature, I want to say, or no, it was the Bob Vanderplatz of Tennessee kind of is who that gentleman was back in the summertime, right? That we're trying to bring up their own heartbeat bill down there. Sure. Yeah. Ohio did yeah. it. What you're starting to see now is the state chapters are attempting to wrestle away from the national groups, a say on the policy side. And I'm wholeheartedly uh, in endorsing of that. And you're getting better and more principled legislation now as a result of that. Because the, the national groups are just uh, often direct fundraising me mechanisms and are you know there for banquets and the DC scene. They don't really move legislation. We're having much more success getting Republicans in the state legislatures to move principled pro-life legislation than we did this last session when Republicans had total control of Congress. And you're seeing several states um, down to the to the to the down to the level that Medicaid is in control of that money. Several of these states are defunding Planned Parenthood as well. So that's where on the pro-life political advocacy, that's where your success is at. I would argue. I, I would argue that on a legislative level. Until the last few years when we started pursuing these heartbeat bills and personhood bills, I would argue there has never been a pro-life political victory. Like ever in 45 years. I, I could argue that at one point in time, when it was first passed, the Hyde Amendment was a victory. And the Hyde Amendment basically says that the federal government will not fund abortions. I wouldn't say that anymore though. Because when you're giving the nation's leading abortion provider a half a billion dollars a year in subsidies, if you think that they're just spending that money for clerical work and overhead, like I, you know, I've, 
then you know you you probably believe that they absolutely should be Webster's Dictionary's word of the year as well. No, they're not doing that. And even if they were, if you're paying the rent for a yes. hitman, come yes. on. So that the hitman's got more time to go out there and buy better equipment, better sniper rifle equipment, and better silencers. What's the difference? So so you're you're paying his rent. You're not buying his guns, right? And his cleanup equipment afterwards, but you're you're help, you're freeing up more revenue for him to do that stuff in another arena anyway. Redefining so, they as a pronoun is smarter than that. For yes. God's so I I I would say if you know in in the eighties when the Hyde Amendment first came about, that was a great victory. But as things are currently constructed now, it's a nothing burger because you're you're subsidizing them federally on such a massive level anyway. It's it's six and one half dozen of the other. What, well, Steve, what about the, the partial birth abortion ban? <clears throat> Pardon me. That didn't actually ban any partial birth abortions. In fact, um, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Dr. Dobson admitted several years later that it didn't stop a single partial birth abortion. It didn't. It raised a lot of awareness about the issue, and I guess that's good. But we still have states now, 15 years after the partial birth abortion ban, are saying, hey, after the kid's born, you can kill it. Like what they passed in New York and Virginia, for example. So the partial birth abortion ban, as I've explained before, Carhartt, that's Carhartt versus Gonzalez was the Supreme Court case that was heard. That only banned a method of conducting late-term or part partial birth abortions. Late-term abortionists like George Tiller went on for several years after that alleged ban was upheld by the Supreme Court. And what the Supreme Court said was, if you did these procedures... If your name was Kermit Gosnell or George Tiller and you did these names, did these procedures in this way, it was okay. And I've used this analogy before. It's a little bit like saying that when the Nazis gassed Jews, if they used Zyklon A, then that was bad. But if they used Zyklon B, it was okay. If they used liquid pneumonia or liquid ammonia, that was bad. But if they used liquid formaldehyde, it was okay. That's what Carhartt versus Gonzalez was. And it's why you're still debating. We're one of only, I think, six countries on earth that allow late-term abortion. Did you know that? Pretty good rule of thumb is if you're on a list of things like only North Korea and China allow, that's bad. Pretty good rule of thumb is if France, if France is to the right of you on something morally, you're wrong. Can we stipulate that forever on this show? Can anybody second me on that one? It's a safe rule yes. of thumb, yes. Is that all? Is do we have unanimous consent on the question? We do. I, yeah. If if France is to the right of you ever in all of human history, ever ever at any point in all of human history, if France is to the right of you on moral certainty, you're wrong, and we have unanimous consent to that here on the show. Okay, so um, I I don't believe there's been any legislative successes. I don't until recently. We're having them now. We haven't we haven't put forth any legislation on a state level until now that challenged Roe versus Wade in twenty more than a quarter century. The last time we did was um, was um, oh the Pennsylvania with the governor Casey Casey versus Pennsylvania. Who was he was the last truly pro life Democrat probably in in a real office, except for maybe John Bell Edwards now in Louisiana. But but Casey was so they hated him. The Democratic Party hated him so much for for that legislation that when Bill Clinton in 1992 gave him a primetime speaking slot on the stage at their convention to show that him and Al Gore were new moderate Southern Democrats and not like the crazies from the 80s, they booed him off the stage. And there hasn't been a primetime pro-life speaker at the Democratic uh, convention since Governor Casey. Um. 
So if, if you're not putting forth legislation, and I'm pretty sure Republicans have won at least some elections somewhere since 1992. Are you aware of any elections Republicans have won since then? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's been a few? Okay. Well, if, if your movement hasn't put forth legislation that challenges the premise of your opposition That's in 25 thing. damn years, you have failed this city, says Green Arrow. All right? You have failed this city. And so I know that's harsh for me, that that top line, you know, uh, talking point by me that we really haven't had any until these last couple of years. I know that's going to be harsh for many of you, but you tell me then what we've been doing if for a quarter, a quarter century has gone by, how many babies have been killed? Quarter century has gone by. We put forth no legislation that until recently with these heartbeat and personhood bills actually challenged the premise of Roe versus Wade. I... You may not like the word failure. I guess you can look that up in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary we talked about last hour and, and see what old Noah said the definition of failure is. But I kind of think that's one. Anybody want to dispute that? Nope. Did we leave anything out to answer Tristan's question that we've talked about in the past that should be reset? I just no, should go be ahead, addressed? Aaron. I just want to reject reset what you just said about rejecting the premise. That's vital. I I when I've said before on the show, but it's been a while, uh, that w- why I, and it's the same with Steve. I'm not smarter than you, but when, when I figured out that w- the whole rape, incest and health of mother thing that we are constantly sl- and still to this day, it says is that's the Kobayashi Maru to our side. We're, we're all, all you have to do is simply say, fine. You get those 3%. That's the thing you're really worried about? I'll give you two. You give me the other 97. They will never beat you with that. Ever. Right. Because they want, desperately want those 97. I don't want to give them that three. But I am so confident rhetorically and morally that I can win that again and again and again and again. If I can, so can you too. Why doesn't anybody ever use that? If it Mi- is bulletproof. If Mitch McConnell put up a bill in the U.S. Senate tomorrow... That said, we're going to ban all abortions except in the case of rape, incest, and life of the mother, which there's never a reason to kill a child for the life of the mother, by the way. That's a total fallacy. Okay. But if he did that, how many Democrats would vote for it? There's how many, how many would? This is the essence of your low number. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. Zero. Why do you let him toy with you like that? Then why not? Why not demonstrate that to the culture? Yes. Because what's the talking point from the left on this issue that all the Republicans are afraid of? Rape and incest is the one they're afraid of, right? Right. So call their bluff. Okay, we'll give you those. Watch them vote no, and then never take that fallacy from them ever again, Aaron. But they will. Yeah, and that's that's the thing here. And and I think as well, you have to talk about this from a a standpoint of all of these states passing these bills. That's really, really good. That's I think that's good news. The continual drip, drip, drip of the lawsuits that are going to come and have come already uh, against these pro-life bills – that does have an impact. Eventually, you know, what has worked against conservatives and gotten us canceled and or uh, gotten us to bend the knee, uh, I think that works. That can work in the opposite direction as well. We'll come back. More Feedback Friday here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Stay tuned. Keeps knows that losing your hair sucks. 
But what you may not know is the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT, and there is a possible solution. The FDA approved two hair treatment products that help control your DHT to prevent hair loss. They even re-trigger hair regrowth in a good number of guys as well. Until now, though, those products were very expensive and required a doctor visit, but not anymore. Keeps offers the generic versions of those two FDA-approved hair products. So not only are they about 90% effective, they're also totally affordable and We'll get you a discount to get you started so that when you go with Keeps, you can save your hair without ever leaving your couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's shipped discreetly to your door. If that sounds like a plan, take advantage of this discount right now with a free online doctor consult and 50% off of your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. Keeps.com slash grow to get 50% off of your first order as well as a free online doctor consult and 50% off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Let's get back to more Feedback Friday. Dean Jones asks, do you see any solution to the place we find ourselves where neither party represents our conservative values? The Well, there's to me, I think there's, there's only two possible solutions that I see right now. Um, peaceful solutions, which, you know, when it's at all possible, Paul says, live in peace with everyone, okay? The first is what we talk about in our show all the time, revival. And the second is one we're talking about more often. Uh, and that's the convention of states because it's the only avenue I can see. If, if there's another one out there, by all means, tell me. But it's the only avenue I can see that is actively attempting to give you a voice outside of the Republicrat duopoly. And I don't I don't see another vehicle with with any realistic measure of success. And frankly, I don't know how realistic getting an Article 5 convention done is either. I don't know the answer to that. But it's but it I'll say this, it's gotten further than I thought it was gonna get when I was first introduced to this concept several years ago. I didn't think it was gonna get this far. I'll give him that. So it's at least made some headway. But that's what you're looking for, Dean. You're looking for a platform that gives you a voice outside of the Republican and Democratic parties. And I, I don't see one that's accessible and has a realistic chance right now other than the Convention of States. So on the other hand, on one hand, that's a disappointing answer. On the other hand, though, when the options are this simple, it doesn't take a lot of time to make up your mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you don't have to be indecisive. You've only got a couple of options. And those, as far as I can tell, are it. Josh Danielson says, did you guys come up with Orange Man Bad and Cheeto Jesus Saves? And I, I'm pretty, here's the thing. And, and I think we were the first people to go after the, the Trump cult. And then a lot of other people did. I did not come up with um, you will be made to care. I keep getting credit for that. That's actually Eric Erickson's line. And I keep trying to, for years, I've given him credit for it. But seemingly, I, I, I have people keep crediting it to me. It's not my line. I don't know that we came up with Orange Man bad either. Nope. I think we did come up, though, with Cheeto Jesus Saves. Yep. I think Is that true, Aaron? That is correct. Okay. Um, I, I, 
I'm not sure who did come up with Orange Man Bad, though, but I'm sure I've heard it somewhere else. It was its origin. Uh, allow the uh, millennial to explain the origins of memes. <laughs> um, no, it was it, uh, the origin was a meme, and I believe the meme was of a drawing of a very frightened person um, who, I don't know, is afraid of the Orange Man. So Orange Man Bad, you know, does something like that. Okay. Exciting story, right? Yes. Um, I was riveted. Thank you. Yep. Um, this is from Blake. And I've gotten a ton of reaction like this this week. Want to thank you sincerely for talking about the pornography debate. Not only was it refreshing to hear you guys call those out as excusing it as the cost of freedom, but also hearing you openly admit your struggles with this gave me comfort. I've struggled with it for years. I was introduced to it at a friend's house when I was around 15, and I've struggled with resisting the temptation ever since. Um, I have the uh, Every Man's Battle book you mentioned on the show. I haven't finished it yet, but it's already helped me a lot with not beating myself up as much and trying to overcome those desires inside me. I'm married to an amazing woman with whom I've opened up these flaws or opened up to her about these flaws along with others. And she's been a tremendous help as well. That being said, I'd give just about anything for something like this to be illegal and not and, and illegal and inaccessible. It angers me greatly seeing the kind of passionate defense on social media from those who think we need to keep porn available for everyone to consume. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it boils down to those who secretly want to maintain access to it. It is impossible to deny that porn has severely damaged society, marriages, our own views on sex, and the value uh, of our, of uh, and, and the value of human dignity. It reminds me of the talking points from the left back during the Clinton impeachment scandal in which Democrats argued that someone's private life couldn't affect others around them. Conservatives used to scoff at that, and now we embrace it. We used to believe knowing someone's moral compass was a key aspect in voting them into office, and now we say we're not electing a pastor. We used to say all life is sacred. Now we turn a blind eye to those lives who that are destroyed and devalued every day in the most heinous ways. Um, my wife and I want to have kids soon. I'm truly terrified of what the future will look like if this kind of vice is allowed to grow and become much more powerful than it already is. In the end, as you and I both know, these kinds of things being argued for have been predicted in Scripture. Good becomes evil and evil becomes good. We have much to fear if we believe either championing or ignoring the destruction of the soul will go unnoticed when we stand before our Creator. That's very well said. I've got good news for you, though, Blake. You don't have to worry about porn becoming that powerful in the future because it is right now i mean it, it it is it is right now i don't you know we keep doing that because no one wants to believe in their right mind that right now you are living at right. the bottom but right. in many ways you are right didn't we just spend i mean wasn't 2018 or or was it 2017 now they run together wasn't that the year of stormy daniels we're gonna say right yeah i mean we're we're, we're here now we're at, we're at this and there isn't a household. I, I would defy you to find a household in America that has not does not have some red in its ledger from the sexual revolution. It's nearly omnipresent. And even if that particular house is clean, they're going to know someone within one degree of separation where that's not. It's it's legion in our in our culture. And I've had several of you emailing me, men and women, by the way, this week, pointing that out and thanking me along those lines for bringing it out. And I think that um, the if, if you're a guy in Blake's position, there's a fine line between, as men, we need accountability and kicks in the rear. We need this. But 
crushing yourself doesn't help. Because if you go that far, here's, here's what happens. Meaning, and what do I mean by crushing yourself? You know, we've talked over the years about being nicer than God, right? This can go the other way too, where, where you hold yourself, you, you're not willing to, to grant yourself the grace that God is willing to grant you. And so you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't believe, even though, even though you intellectually understand that God has granted you access to the light, you, on a personal level, will not take the steps to walk into that light. And the enemy loves that, by the way. When you just want to crush yourself like that, and you just, and, and I, I can't, you know, and then what happens is, this is where the dog returns to its own vomit. Because, um, you know what, I'm already so far gone, I can't, I, I can't get out of this, I might as well just stay here and just keep indulging. Uh, and then the self-loathing after, and the cycle just, it, it wash, rinse, repeat. It's a never-ending cycle of give up, try harder. And, and I think a lot of men view it as tough guy, to, to, you know, crush themselves after God has already forgiven them. Like that, that, that makes you tougher. That makes you dumb. And eventually when you realize that um, you can't, you can't um, out forgive God, eventually what's going to happen is you'll 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 just stay in the darkness then and you'll just keep running this cycle over and over again because you'll give up you know so when when god says come into the light man i don't i don't care if if you know you've got Pornhub open on your phone right then get off your ass and walk into the light A lot of men don't do that. You will stay where you are at. I've done it. You'll stay where you are at, and the and you'll hear you'll, you'll you'll your inner dialogue will be things like, "Well, if I if I answer this call God has in my life right now, and if I if I serve God in this arena, I'm a big hypocrite because of what I looked at on the internet four weeks ago or Thursday at four p.m." That's all a lie. Those are all lies. You ever you ever hear of mission missionaries who like go to third world countries who like struggle with a porn habit or struggle with, you know, um, the vices we struggle with. They don't, you know why they don't? Cause they're like in the center of God's will. The idea of debasing themselves, it doesn't even enter into their minds, man. It doesn't enter into their minds. I spent a week in Haiti, the poorest country in our hemisphere. I never thought about porn. I can be downstairs in my man cave in Des Moines, Iowa for an hour at, at midnight. And suddenly my mind only wants to think about that. Okay. Why? Why? Well, what was I doing in Haiti? I was serving God. The idea that I would want to debase myself to such a ridiculous, childish, immature, debased pursuit wasn't even on my freaking radar, man. But when I'm on my own, it is. You bet your sweet bippy it is. If you right? want to fail at giving up porn, just think about giving up porn all the time. Yes. That's what you're saying. That's it, yes. it has so much to do with everything else in your life. Yet the devil 
convinces you just everything else is fine. Just focus on this. Everything else may not be fine or at the very least just needs to have some other yeah. additions, subtractions, whatever that it may be fairly value neutral, but you need to reset the playing field you're on and you might be surprised it's ever going to be easy but it might not be nearly no, as hard as you're making it's why it. you have to die daily yes the self the self flogging thing and by the way this is not to say that if you're well if, when, when god calls you into the light and you get up and walk into the light that like the next day everybody you've offended with your sin if they don't immediately act as if that never happened then they're holding you back that's a crock too okay i mean you know you know um the way you have violated other people, you have to make amends with that with other people, okay? Now, that doesn't determine your eternal destiny, but it does determine your relationships with them this side of heaven, right? That's a separate matter. I'm just talking about, you know, our relationship individually, our creator. The, the, the self-flogging thing, the reason we fall for it is because there is, all great lies have an element of truth. There is an element of truth to it. We do have to die daily. We have to run the race before us daily, all right? We we are gonna fall and we need and we need to be reminded of what's at stake daily. And so that's why we're tempted to just sink even lower into the self-flogging. But ultimately, choosing to remain there, you're not you're not honoring God with that. You're actually betraying him. You're 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 making it you're you're sending the message that his grace is not sufficient for you. Paul prayed how many times, take this thorn from my flesh. We don't know what it is. It doesn't tell us what it is. We know he had some anger issues, right? We got into fights with other apostles. Um, you know, the first and second Corinthians you read in the Bible are actually the second and third letters that he sent to the church in Corinth. We don't know what happened in the first one. I don't know. Given how angry he was in first and second Corinthians, it could very possibly be the, the first one um, needed to be retconned. <laughs> That's possible. We don't know. You're also dealing with a single man traveling to not you know to these gentile countries and 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 cities that were had all kinds of lascivious uh behavior and temptations we we don't know what it is could have been despair i mean look at everything that happened to this man in the course of his ministry it could be any of those things it could be them all it could be them all and paul says i prayed that god would take these thorns away from me i would not be tempted by these emotions and these reactions anymore god said no I'm going to keep that thorn right there because it keeps you humble. It keeps you coming back to me where you might actually think that uh, you're the one doing all of this, which would make you more vulnerable to those sins and temptations than you even are right now. All right? So get outside yourself. Uh, start serving in God's kingdom. Be honest about who you are. And what you're going to see is the more that you think outside of yourself— the more tempted you are to pleasure, or the less tempted you are to please and pleasure and live for yourself. That's, that's the fallacy here, okay? Um, McKay Anderson says, do we have time for this? Yes. We do indeed. I'm unsettled after the discussion of outlawing porn on the show. I just feel it's the right thing to do, but it also makes me fear that we're on a slippery slope. I struggle to articulate where the line is. For example, why am I out? Why am I willing to outlaw porn, but not to mandate church attendance? Maybe it would be positive versus negative law. As I'm working through this myself, I'm also interested in how you guys would flesh this out. Godspeed. These are, this is a, I'm glad you asked these kinds of questions. And 
do not be insulted, McKay, when I say this. Until about 70 years ago, no generation in America struggled with, with, this, with these sorts of, of, of parameters. And if, if, if they could jump in a time machine and come into the future and want to know why we're asking, mandating, porn, mandating church attendance, is, why is that not the same as outlawing porn? They wouldn't get any of that because they believed in the laws of nature and nature's God. Render under Caesar that which is Caesar's and render under God's that which is God's. Now, they had issues too. You know, I've talked before. One of the, the, the very man who wrote the words, all men are created equal, went back to Monticello to his slaves, okay? But that didn't make the principles Thomas Jefferson wrote about less true because um, they, they were still self-evident truths. The, the, the question then becomes to, you say, hey, yo, TJ, I mean, got a blind spot much here, okay? I mean, uh, you're over there knocking boots with Sally Hemming, which, by the way, apparently did not happen. I don't know. But you're going home to your slaves while writing that all men are created equal? So since Thomas Jefferson was a hypocrite, does it mean that all men are not created equal now? No, it just means that Thomas Jefferson was a hypocrite. That's what it means, okay? Um, but they understood jurisdictional authority. Now, they didn't want to obey it sometimes because they were sinners too. They needed forgiveness too. But they understood that you rendered under Caesar that which is Caesar's, all right? And um, it, is, it is not the role of government to promote a specific church. It is the role of government to punish evildoers. And just to get you out of your gray, I, I, yes, yeah, yeah. your gray area, you're, cl- you're not going far enough, and I think Steve did this a couple of weeks ago, but you, for some reason you're stuck on porn. If, if, we, if we say don't kill and don't rape, right. does that somehow make you think we have to make church yeah, so, force yes, compliance? It so, doesn't yes. work, yeah, yeah. and so, you know that. The porn, porn is inherently bad, innately bad. And every there's no fig leaf that you can think of to cover up the fact to every every party involved, uh, porn is bad. It's just bad, bad, bad. Can, Going to church is not inherently good. That's a great point. And yeah. can I make people very uncomfortable this late in the game? Why not? The whole they're uh, here you, for this. You're all this whole small government thing. You're not being conservative. I've been lazy about this in my own lifetime because it's clear that smaller government in a particular case has been better. But the notion of subsidiarity, which is a both a Catholic and a conservative construct, is it's not about just smaller government. It's the appropriate size of government for the appropriate task at hand. And we are very, very off mark on that as conservatives. That is very well said. Both of you. We're going to stick around and do a little overtime. Our best and worst of the week for our Blaze TV subscribers. If you want to watch it, blazetv.com slash dace. You'll get a discounted subscription to our show and every single show uh, we do here at Blaze TV. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. We'll be back at it again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.